You're listening to Simply Stogies, a podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back, relax, while James brings you along on his cigar journey. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, sit down with guests from across the industry, and we'll probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I'm your host, James. Uh, Joining me as he is now contractually obligated to do every week, it is Nicholas Sears, uh, owner, founder of LH Cigars. I'm I'm glad you're here, Nick. Welcome back to the show. Well, I'm happy to be part of the show and to be back in the media on a regular basis. So I told everybody last episode that I was going to take January off and Cigar Aficionado has forced my hand uh, to come back uh, before the basement is done and do uh, a couple of more. Uh, I think we may have one more. We may not. We'll see. Uh, um, episode that's going to be audio only. And I, I'm I'm very happy that you're here this week, Nick, because we're going to talk about Cigar Aficionado. We're going to talk about their top 25 and, and as an insider as someone in the industry, um, I think you have a unique perspective on it, and I want to get that perspective, and I want our listeners to get that perspective. But before we get into that, guys, remember, we have coffee. Go to simplystogies.com. At the very top, you can click on that uh, banner, and it'll take you right to Janice Coffee Roasters, and you can try our coffee. It's great coffee, unbiased 10, uh, he says sarcastically. Uh, but go check it out. Really, guys, it's fantastic coffee. Janice Coffee Roasters did a great job with this blend. It's a three, uh, three bean uh, dark roast that's great for espresso, uh, it, it, just a drip, French press, uh, a cold brew, whatever you want to do with it. I don't care. Chew on the bean. Uh, but go check it out. Uh, it's not very expensive. And you're going to help uh, support a, a small podcast. While you're out on the internet, make sure you go to OxfordCigarCompany.com and use coupon code SIMPLYSTOGIES, 15% off whatever's in your cart. That's right, 15%, no matter what's in your cart, OxfordCigarCompany.com when you use coupon code SIMPLYSTOGIES. All the shilling is done. That's it. Like, that's quick, right? 30 seconds in and out. Good to go. Quicker than quicker than everybody else. That's, that's for sure. That's you know I've heard that too often in my life. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, I want to give a shout out real quick to our newest um, yearly member of the Simply Stogies LE Club, Sean Reavers. Uh, awesome. I, I got to talk to him. Um, he didn't. He thought it was me. Wasn't sure it was me. Uh, and he, he asked and I was like, yeah, it is. So it's always great to talk to a fan and he has, uh, he signed up. He is a, uh, LE club member. If you'd like to be an LE club member, simply top right corner register, uh, $10 a month, hundred dollars a year. If you choose to do it that way, save yourself a couple bucks. Uh, and you're going to get content that's coming in February. I promise it's coming in February. Nick's going to have a, a, a great little show. That's just for you guys for our LE club. Uh, we're gonna have uh, the after show. We're, I don't know what we're gonna call it yet. We're still in the in the brainstorming phase of of names, but we know what that's gonna be. Uh, and so there's gonna be some some cool stuff. And if you're a member, guess what? When we record, you're gonna get our schedule, and you'll get to come on Zoom. Uh, and if you're an LE Club member, we're gonna let you ask a, a question, not audibly, but uh, you can type your question in, uh, and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, so if you want to become a member. SimplyStogies.com. Register. Become an LE Club member. Help support a small podcast so I don't have to, you know, start taking sponsorships and have three of these freaking things where I'm 
selling my soul. I'd rather not do that. Speaking of selling your soul, Nick Sirius, let's talk about Cigar Aficionado. Okay, well, let's do it. <laughs> you know, why not? Um <laughs> Go ahead, get, go ahead, James. I'm gonna, you know, let you, let you start the ball rolling here. All right. Well, so if for those of you who have uh, been around Simply Stogies for a couple of years, you know that I wrote an article a few years ago saying that uh, Cigar Aficionado missed the mark, and this would have been their 2020 uh, top 25, where there, there was no boutique. It was all your usual suspects, as I like to say, which is nothing wrong with that, but. This year, they have outdone themselves. They have absolutely outdone themselves with their top 25. Um, but they have, I, I think we need to be fair here, and they have some requirements that I'm going to put in air quotes that none of you can see yet, but you will come February. I'm going to put that in air quotes. They have some requirements um, to even be considered uh, into the top 25. In all fairness, almost every review site or people that rate cigars have their requirements, so they have their own. So please continue, James. Sure. My requirement is <laughs> it has to have come out in the year of our Lord, 2022 or 2023, whatever whatever uh, year I'm, I'm doing it. And I have to have smoked it. And my staff has to have smoked it. Like, that's the requirement. That's it. Because we don't take free stuff from anybody. We go buy it ourselves, which I think they do as well, but it's only stuff that they can buy close to their office in New York. Is that from, from what I understand? That is true where, you know, there are other sites and other reviewers that are well known that they will go out of their way to buy it. If it's not locally, they'll order it online and do what they need to do. From what I understand, cigar aficionado, they'll walk down, you know, the stairs or, take the elevator to the street level. And there are a few shops within a very close walking proximity to their offices and they will buy what they have. From what I understand, that's the requirement. Now, I think that's very limiting to many brands. And again, that is my biggest pet peeve of Cigar Aficionado is that it's the requirements are too strict in the sense that they limit. And of course, I don't want to jump the gun, but the biggest requirement is you must be an advertiser. They'll refute that by saying no, but, and there's <laughs> been some that have uh, been rated, very few. I don't, they, I'm sure you can count them all on very limited fingers. Um, but yes, you need to be an advertiser. Not only do you have to be an advertiser, but even to even be considered to be reviewed in their magazine, not even just for the top 25, you have to be in so many shops across the country. That is true as well. In the um, United States. Now, here's this is what I want to make sure that we're very clear. It is you have to be in an X amount of shops in the United States, not worldwide, in the United right. States. Okay. That's that is true. Um, I am good friends and personal friends with uh David Savona that I see at least two or three times a year. And some of the other staff, Gordon Mott is one of the nicest guys I've I've ever met. He is a true cigar person. He has been retired for a while, but he was, you know, the number two um, after, you know, Shankin and um, genuinely nice soul. I have to say that. 
Um, David Savona comes off to me as a little bit more standoffish to most people until he gets to know you. Uh, I'm talking about them as human beings to try to humanize uh, the magazine. Now, the philosophy and the direction and what they're told to do and how to do it, I'm sure, comes still from the top. I'm sure that Marvin is still very much in control. Yes. Um, but I remember many, many years before I'd actually even launched in the U.S. And um, I helped David um, his first year in uh, in Cuba. He had had no experience uh, being there. He was a bit I don't want to say nervous, but it was the first time he was there. And um, we became, you know, friends and I helped them early on and uh, until they found their way. And now, of course, they found their way. Um, but I remember asking him, David, what are the requirements? I mean, I have a brand, um, blah, blah, blah. And he said, are you in at least 100 shops in the U.S.? And at that point, I may have may not have been in one. Um, I was, again, first an international brand. And I said, so that's a requirement? And he goes, yeah, you got to be in about 100 shops. How? Okay. And I kind of left it at that because it was premature for me to move or talk about anything else. But I thought that was odd. How do you prove that? I mean, how do you, do you give them a list of it? Do they ask for a list? I don't know. I never took it beyond that step, realizing early on that, um, you know, these review sites and everything about reviews to me as a manufacturer, I know they're important. I know people need to see that me as a, as a consumer, when I first got into the cigar world, um, again, I, I hate to go on a rant, James, but no, I do want to, I do want to say that as much as cigar aficionado, um, if you go on Reddit and most people, that are in the click of the no, you could say, of the core cigar aficionados that are out there vocal and spread the gospel of cigars. I would say, and you probably are in that category as well, the majority of those people do not think or speak favorably about cigar aficionado. And there is reason for that, and I'm not disputing the reasons for that. But I want to say, that cigar aficionado for most. And, you know, take a step back before James goes on his explanation and talk about cigar aficionado that for me forever, cigar aficionado will have a warm, fuzzy spot in my heart because that is what got me hook, line and sinker. It was the bait, not as much the cigar, believe it or not. That's what got me interested in this that started as a hobby and became an obsession that became a business. And now it's become a majority of my life. And I'm happy to say that it is because the the leaf and tobacco in general, to me, is a magical thing. That's what I've said. And yeah. as far as anything out there, that to me is the best drug that you could possibly have. And I, and I, and I feel sad for people that have not experienced it or never will because they are close-minded in that regard. But getting back to Cigar Aficionado, I've told the story on many podcasts, uh, including the ones that I did uh, in our in our own show, Smooth Draws, and then on any show. Everybody asked me, hey, how did you get into cigars? And for me, like many, you know, somebody gave you one, and then you were like, wow, this is great. Well, with my obsessive personality, I went to the local bookstore, and I bought every possible book I could about cigars. Right. On the way out of that store, I looked to the left and there's a magazine rack and there was a word 
big letters. To this day, it's the same logo, and it said cigar. And I go, what? There are magazines dedicated to cigars? I had never heard of it. Now, mind you, the reason I'd never seen that, I don't know if I would have noticed it because I wouldn't have been looking for it, but it was the inaugural issue of Cigar Fish and Auto Magazine. So my beginnings in the cigar culture started with Cigar Aficionado's beginning. So we're forever tied in that way. And I bought that magazine. And with my first batch of cigars that I was trying everything out there, I sat there and I can honestly say to this day, it is the only magazine that I've ever read cover to cover from start to finish. Now, as people will gladly will tell you that, yes, among the cigar content in there. There's a lot of other things that people think should not be in a cigar magazine. That is a cigar lifestyle magazine. And if you want to look between the ads of Porsche and the high-end jewelry and the, and the watches, um, but it's all about the lifestyle. And I think it got a lot of people, not too many, the true lifestyle, but it's what allured people, what started the cigar boom and the popularity of of where we are today. It be before that, you know, cigars were like, okay, some people smoked it. It was such a small percentage uh, of the population. And in all fairness, it's still a very small percentage. Oh, absolutely. It's a niche uh, industry. Very niche. But they caused the boom. Um, you know, um, James Suckling was one of the original, and I believe person that, pitched the original idea to Marvin Shank and from what I understood and wanted to create a cigar magazine from wine spectator and all the wine stuff that they were doing. And uh, it took off and started the cigar media in all essence. It was the beginning. I mean, there were, I guess, blogs, maybe, you know, more like forums before. I mean, we're talking 92. So it's real early on uh, in the, in the world of uh, cigar media. But again, I read that magazine cover to cover and it grabbed me. It grabbed me. And it, you know, like, and I understand why people, a lot of people smoke cigars. They may say, hey, you know what? Maybe I can't afford that, you know, $50 million mansion or that, you know, million dollar today, million dollar sports car. But you know what? I can smoke the same cigars that those people do. Yeah. It may be a lot bigger percentage of my income versus theirs. But at least I can experience the same thing. And in my opinion, it's the best part of it. I mean, you can I love fast cars and I love, you know, exotic cars and I love everything about cars. But if I had a choice of owning, you know, the most expensive, best car in the world or never being able to smoke a cigar again in my life, guess what choice I would make? Right, you know? right. So to me, it's the most important and, and beautiful mansions and all this is is great. And, but for me, if I can't smoke a cigar, there's much more pleasure that you can get out of smoking a cigar and, and then you can in any other material thing on this earth, in my opinion. Well, I, so, I, I, I think a lot of what you said here is I, I would agree with Nick. But I, I really want to focus in on a, a couple of things. The first that you touched on is it was the first magazine you read cover to cover. It right. kind of helped start the the cigar boom in the 90s. So a lot of these these warm, fuzzy feelings from Cigar Aficionado are, is nostalgia. Yes. It's not any it's not what you've done for me lately. It is nostalgia. It is back in the day. They really helped me 
you know, kind of curate my obsession and focus my attention where it needed to be focused because there weren't any other magazines out there. This was obviously uh, before the Internet got be uh, got to be very popular. Um, and, and in my opinion, the the top their top 25 is their way to try to stay relevant and not be just a lifestyle magazine, because make no mistake about it. My second point is they are not a cigar magazine. They are a lifestyle magazine and not even a cigar lifestyle magazine, just a lifestyle magazine in general. I mean, how many articles have they put out about umbrellas? Probably as many as as, as reviews as they've done. I mean, it's ridiculous. And all of it's nice. It's sometimes nice to open up these magazines and go, God, if I had a hundred million dollars, I would definitely buy that house. Oh, if I had a hundred million dollars. I would buy that Rolls Royce that has the the humidor in it. Oh, if I had a hundred million dollars, I would get that Ellie Blue. I would have every Ellie Blue humidor ever. Oh, if I had a hundred. Nobody, very few of us have a hundred million dollars, and even fewer of us have a million dollars. That's not. You've touched on another point: is that cigar smokers, for the most part, don't have that kind of money. What they want is they want a taste of that life. They want a taste of that lifestyle. They want a taste of of the other side. And that's what cigars allow a lot of cigar smokers to have. And I've always said it's the great equalizer from kings to street sweepers and everyone in between can sit down in a lounge and be on a level playing field because they're all smoking a cigar. So cigar aficionado to me, I am glad that people have the warm fuzzies. But they have not done jack or shit for the industry in, I would say, the better part of a decade. And and that's where I want to transition into their their top 25. And I'm not going to go through all 25, but I will say this. One-sixth one sixth of their top 25 for 2022 cannot be sold in the U.S. So how did they review them? If the criteria... To be reviewed in Cigar Aficionado is you have to be in X number of shops in the United States. How is one-sixth of what they reviewed not sold in the United States? So I want to go through their top 10 because, I I mean. Before, Before you do, James, before you do, I have to make two points that the majority, I don't know this to be factual, but at least my perception is that the majority of subscribers, current subscribers, and and you know what? I hate to admit, uh, I am still a subscriber. I still have the latest issue. Do I read it cover to cover? No. Do I leave through it at best? Yes. But I still buy it. And again, maybe nostalgic reason. But my point is the majority of subscribers that buy that magazine are not listening to this podcast or are in this industry as we know it, our little subculture of cigar smokers. But the people that I see going to shops, you know, regularly that'll still walk in with a magazine that will never listen to a podcast, much less ever really know anything about cigars other than maybe they'll smoke it on a golf course or what have you. Those are the core audience, in my opinion, of cigar smoke of cigar readers of this magazine and cigar smokers slash readers of this magazine. And it drives me crazy when I see people walk in 
and with that 25 list or what have you. What do you got and, from this 25 and, list? Yeah. Give me the top five. Ah. Give me the top 10. Give me all. And, and, and it's not just that whatever the month issue is, they'll take it and they'll say, give me that one. Give me that one. So, you know, as, as a marketing tool, as a manufacturer, if you can afford or want to really propel yourself into the mainstream, the easiest way. And for me, I still say this, if you the best money you could spend to accelerate, to you, to throw gasoline on your brand is become a, an advertiser at some level of cigar aficionado. And I will say that it happens. Now you're going to get, because as small as this industry is, the majority of people that buy, okay, they buy more of the you know, the general cigar and the Altitus, uh, you know, uh, Imperial. Now the, I don't even know what they're calling it. The, the, yeah. I call yeah. them the usual suspects, like whatever, like it's, it's, it's the any man cigar. You walk into any human or, oh yeah, they've got general, they've got, they've got Altitus, they've got whatever they've got. Right. Like, but is, every cigar shop has to have them because you know, they're uh, featured. That's my problem, Nick, because they're featured in magazines like this. Right. Nobody, and here's the thing, and here's another distinction between what we do and what they do. We review things and talk about things and highlight brands and have brand owners on that they would not touch with a 10-foot pole because they don't spend money with them because they're not in 100, 200, 300, whatever the criteria is, shops around the U.S. So they're only smoking that stuff that they have to, and we guys like me, guys like Coop, guys like smoking tobacco, and uh, begrudgingly, probably guys like Charlie Monado and crew over at Half Wheel smoke so much different brand, so many different brands than what they do there. That who truly has their their fingers on the pulse of the industry? Is it the guys who, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, take money? For advertising space and then make a top 25 list based on that ad space? Or is it the guys who are literally going out, going online, getting things they can't get from their local uh, tobacconist, getting things they can't get from their local B&M, trying these things, bringing them onto their podcasts, onto their platforms, having conversations with them, getting their brand out there and highlighting their story? Or is it the guys that are sitting in their ivory, ivory tower? And, and uh, their nose in the air and think they're better than everybody else because uh, we only smoke what's in uh, the majority of shops in the U.S. Well, you know, it's a tool. I, I think Cigar Aficionado for, uh, look, why do I still subscribe? Because well, it's, there. Are, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I still, I still, you know, buy the magazine and I browse through it and whether it's just for nostalgia purpose, but their market, their business model is to appeal to the masses. And I would say 90% of the people that still buy that magazine, subscribe to that magazine are your, you know, very casual smoker that just happens to have it. And, and you, and you mentioned one, six of the cigars that are being rated in there can even not even be purchased in this country. I hate to say it, but the whole Cuban thing, you know, love it or hate it, it still has an allure of why Ugh. it drives me crazy when I walk down the street. And the first thing, not not that what are you smoking? It's is that a Cuban or is that a Cohiba, which, you know, it's like, God, I want to roll my eyes, but it's still to this day. And that is what sells this magazine. Why do they put Cuban? Are they an advertiser? Yes, I believe 
They are not because they could not take their money. But um, why do they put them in there? Because it sells magazines the Doesn't, same way. You can't. It's it's the forbidden it's, fruit that you can't fucking touch now, and it's so overpriced. Again, mm. it's in that it's in that area of uh, it's a lifestyle magazine and not a cigar magazine. It's just on every level the most ridiculous bullshit ever. It just is. Have you ever heard of the term, Nick? Low IQ voter. Yes. Okay. Anyone who walks into a fucking B&M with a cigar aficionado magazine and says, give me this and this and this and this and this, those are low IQ voters. Low IQ cigar smokers. And I would say just uh, with, with blinders on. But you know what? All those people may eventually cross over to the other side. I, I don't disagree. So, so you still are saying that these people that start with that magazine that made them start could become, and I, and I, you know, I'd love if we did polls, James, and how people are going to react to this particular podcast. I would love to do a poll that says, okay, how many people started out with Cigar Aficionado or somehow Cigar Aficionado got them into the industry in some level or another, or, you know, they'd read them. I would say arguably that a majority of the people at one point, everybody's heard of it. At some point, it could have been like me that eventually propelled me into this industry full force, which is the extreme I might add, I would imagine. I would imagine. But it. but at the same time, there are people that that's what started them just like me to explore. And there are people in Americans in general that have blinders on care not. And they only listen to the mainstream media of TV and what being fed. And a lot of it is propaganda. So yes, cigar aficionado does put a lot of propaganda and perpetuate the stereotypes, the cigar, uh, Cuban cigars and everything else. But that's what sell magazine the same way that the, the news uh, casts on TV. What do they do? They propel or try to, put upon us stuff, but the intelligent, the higher IQ um, consumer will say, you know what, maybe I should look at the other side of it. And those are the people, the true, those are my customers. Those are the people that smoke my cigars, you know, the, and I, and I meet people that only, only read cigar aficionado. And I know, okay, that, that person will never buy my cigar. And if, Cigar aficionado gave it a 99 rating. Yes, they will smoke it. And all of a sudden they will agree like everyone else. Oh, it's the greatest cigar. But if it's not in there, it could be a 103 rating and they will never, ever smoke that cigar. So and that's kind of my point that I want to make through all of this is that what cigar aficionado is doing, especially this year, and we'll get into their their top 10 here in just a second, but especially this year. It is a slap in the face to the industry and it's the industry that has held them up and propped them up and gives them ad money every fucking year for the last 30 years. It is a slap in the face to them to put their number one as a goddamn Cuban cigar. You can't why get do it. They in give, the, why do they give them their money, James? Why? To, to, because it's a look. look. So because they get a return, they get a return on their money. Now, if you say everybody boycotts cigar aficionado, but you as a business, if you are, look, I'm spending $250,000. 
but I'm reaping through my analytics that I'm bringing in 2 million or even 500,000 doubling my investment. Why not? I am now not- there are there are people like myself and other manufacturers that refuse to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. But there are people that are just, you know, they want to grow their business at whatever cost and they want to use them and they use them as a tool your favorite word, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, to do that. But yes, it's it's disturbing for most people that but smoke cigars and understand what cigars are about. That's, I mean, I guess really that's that's the crux of the whole issue for me. And I, I'm going to throw people under the bus here, guys, and you're just going to have to you're going to have to deal with it, like it, hate it. I I I, I don't care. These are it's just my opinion, uh, and opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, and they all stink. So that's my, my, they keep throwing money at Cigar Aficionado because there's a return. It's just like people keep throwing money at Half Wheel because there's a return. Half Wheel gives a Crown Heads uh, a, a 70 or a 73, or it gives a, a, a Castagli a, a 70 or a 73 or even a 60. And they're not. That's just, that is objectively an untrue score. But people keep throwing money at fucking half wheel when they put in their reviews things like in the same fucking sentence, I taste copy paper, Thousand Island dressing and mayonnaise. It's the most ridiculous bullshit ever. And people continue to throw half wheel money just like this. Fucking wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, let me because McAuliffe and you can go listen to this from the PCA this last year. The, my my interview with um, with their president, Dan Thompson, great guy, love Dan to death. And, I, you know, he, he said he's like, we chose to spend our money not with advertisers because we found when we hired an intern or we had an intern. I don't think they hired him. It was an intern from some college there in Texas to Find, see if there was a correlation between ad space taken in Cigar Aficionado and the top 25. It was an 89% correlation, meaning the larger the ad space, you were in the top, you, the higher you were in the top 25. It is pay no. for play. It doesn't matter what Cigar Aficionado says. If you are out there and you do not think that they base the top 25 off of how much money they get from advertisers throughout the year. You are a low, low IQ consumer. I would probably say voter, but Nick consumer. I'm okay with that. You are a low IQ consumer. You take what is fed to you as gospel and you don't do any critical thinking whatsoever on your own. And it just, yeah. it upsets me to know in that these people who are so full of themselves and give shitty reviews and give shitty top 10s and top 25s continue to get ads. I don't, I've, we've had this argument, Nick. I don't do ads. I don't do ads. So I don't have a dog in this fight and I don't do ads for this very fucking reason. It looks bad. It makes cigar aficionado look like clowns. It makes half wheel look like clowns. I don't want any part of it. We we give our opinions here. We 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 try to be as objective and as unbiased as we can in reviews, uh, save for my coffee review. It's an unbiased 10. Uh, but the rest of them we are unbiased in and they're not. 
They are objectively biased in everything they do. When your top 25 has has four Cubans in it, there's a problem. When your top 10 has two Cubans in it, it's a problem. And when your top cigar of the year has a Cuban in it, it's a problem. Well, I, I don't see as much as a problem in that regard, because to me, it comes down to the same thing. Arguably, if you take money, you're saying you cannot give a favorable review. And in all fairness, you know, some people would argue that that may or may not be true. Yes, if you're taking money, it's difficult. But I know a lot of these media people that you bash and some of them will say, you know what, this review is so bad. This cigar is so bad. I cannot put this out because I'm taking money from this person. And that's respectable, in my opinion, uh, because they won't review it either. But they're a different model. We are a different model. I understand. But where let, let me this- let me address that real quick, because I, I understand what you're saying. You're taking money from these people. You smoke a cigar. It's a fucking dog rocket. I'm not going to put it out because I take money from them. Is that fair to your audience? And is that fair to the consumer? It's certainly fair to your advertiser. But is it fair to the consumer? And is it fair to the audience to not say this cigar sucks? Well, again, that's an opinion. My biggest problem with all reviewers, all, is that it's your opinion. And here's the best part about cigars is there's a gazillion out there. Is there too many? Yes. There's a lot of choices, more choices, more difficult to to make the correct one for yourself. There's more you have to try. But at the same time, the beauty about cigars is that you can have two different people that like two extreme different cigars. And what I think is a great cigar, the guy standing next to me thinks not. My biggest problem with cigar aficionado and reviewers in general is that most people that smoke cigars do not have the confidence or are just not happy with saying, you know what? I don't get it. I don't feel it. My, I always joke that if I ever wrote a book about this industry, it would be called the emperor's clothes. (laughs) And I love that because that's how I truly feel. Most people, you go to a cigar shop and every, I don't care where it is, what city in the country, in the world it is. You will have people there that want to get it, that smoke it, possibly enjoy it, but don't know why they're enjoying it. Don't know how to articulate anything about it other than I guess it tastes okay. But if the guy sitting next to him, who's the so-called expert says, this is the biggest dog shit cigar I've ever had. That person is too ashamed to say, well, I kind of like it. You know, they won't do it. Most people are followers. You know, again, those low IQ consumers, as you say, that are just don't have, and I don't think it's as much low IQ as they don't have the confidence and they don't think they get it enough that they have to be more educated. And if they say that, it's not a good cigar that they would be ridiculed or looked down upon. But I'm here to tell you that the bottom line is if you like a cigar, then that's a great cigar for you. I agree. That doesn't mean I don't care whose review you read from cigar aficionado down. If a cigar says it's terrible. Now, if they talk about construction issues and they talk about this now, Okay, those are things that should be related to anything, and it doesn't matter. It's very tangible. But when you tell somebody you, and it drives me nuts, the reviews and everybody, 
everybody, like you said, with with a uh, an asshole has an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's true. And when I read anybody, you know, the, what this is what the Internet has done for us as a population that anybody with a camera or, or a, a phone or a microphone, can go out there, yeah. a microphone can go out there yeah. and and talk about whatever they and it's like the Welcome days of the, 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 the Kardashians and all these. <laughs> yeah. And people, we roll our eyes, but, you know, anybody has an opinion. But it drives me nuts when I see people that they feel that the more adjectives or superlatives that they can throw, you know, Corinthian leather. Ta- what the hell are they Copy talking paper, about? mayonnaise, you know, thousand and, and, dressing. And then you get the other extreme person says, I don't get it. I just taste tobacco. Okay, that's the other extreme. And that's fair. Can you? And that's and it's a fair assessment of that person's uh, idea of what's and you know what if what all you taste is tobacco but you like it then keep smoking it you know that's but the that, bottom line I don't disagree with anything you just said absolutely smoke what you like it doesn't matter what I think of it if I rate it a seventy seven or a sixty five or a thirty four or, or a nine point nine fucking Randy uh, hmm. that should make you want to go try that cigar that should make you go. Am I going to get the same thing he did? Is my experience going to be the same as his? Like, right. go, go, go try Absolutely. it because everyone, it's all experiential. It's all subjective except for construction. That's objective. And that can even, uh, you know, change. But, but here's my, you're not wrong in anything you said, but if it truly is that they, these low IQ consumers, as I call them are not truly low IQ, but instead lack confidence and lack knowledge to go out and be confident in what they're tasting in in, in the experience that they're having with each cigar, then isn't it incumbent upon these places like Cigar Aficionado to stop being a fucking lifestyle magazine about goddamn Rolls Royces, umbrellas and fucking mansions that none of us will ever be able to afford and maybe do a little goddamn teaching. Do a little fucking knowledge sharing. Like here's how we this is how we approach this is how we approach our reviews. This is what we're looking for. Here's a flavor wheel. Here's how you should be doing. Isn't it incumbent upon these folks, which is what this podcast started out as and now it has turned into this fucking thing where I'm literally screaming at the goddamn clouds about cigar aficionado. But isn't it incumbent upon these folks to be like, hey, this is how we approach a review. If you would like to approach a review, might we give you some of these suggestions? I think it would be a good idea if they, in every issue, you know, even if it was a little blurb, how they come. If you notice you and you figure it out, it is a, you know, a formula of how they come up with these words and what words represent certain flavors. And there are flavor wheels and there's and there's sites out there like Cigar Sense and some of these other companies that try to educate. And it, and there is a way if you want to learn, there's books out there and there's things to help educate you as a cigar consumer. Some people don't care, never want to learn. Doesn't matter to them. They like what they smoke. Low and, IQ consumer. And, but at least they're smoking. You know, I agree. Now, will, they, I, will, I agree. will they ever smoke my cigar? Probably not. Will they ever try a brand that's not in Cigar Aficionado or something that everybody else tells them is a good cigar? Probably not. They'll no, never these are the guys. There. These are the guys that smoke the the Drew Estate Grand Toro day day out, day in and day out. These are the guys that smoke the Rocky Patel Edge day in and day out. These are the guys who smoke that Cohiba Red Dot day in and day out. 
and they're they're happy in that space. They are the niche within the niche. But I think, like you said earlier, they're the they're, majority. They are the oh, majority. I think with all of these boutique brands that have come out, LH, Warped. Uh, I mean, even Tatawahe. I don't. I don't really consider them boutique, but they started boutique. Uh, Drew Estate, same. Started boutique, not really boutique anymore. Um, owned by a big company. <laughs> um, you know, uh, there's a ton of them. There's there, but there's literally ever Castagli, uh, Martinez, um, Room One Hundred One was until they got bought by by General. Like it, it's just there's a ton out there, and in a day and age, Nick where there are so many different cigars you if you're that guy you're that low iq consumer who's smoking your fucking rocky patel and you're my father and you're fucking drew estate every day and you're fucking happy there like you're missing out and you're only hurting yourself and i 100 percent agree but I would be curious. I've never done the the research. If you just contact some of the online uh, sellers and do a, you know, some type of survey of retailers, you would get an, a more clear picture of what the consumer level of cigars, premium cigars are. And as much as there are so many great brands out there and that you know, we love to use the word boutique for lack of a better word. And what the definition of boutique when it comes to cigars is something that is undefinable. You know, yeah, it's, I agree. Uh, I is don't it, know. Is, Some is people, it you don't have a factory? Is it you don't you, you, you buy your tobacco? Is it quality over quantity? Like, I think it's the latter quality over quantity than it is anything else. But like, there are so many definitions, like you said, of what is boutique that it's kind of been lost. I've heard so many, you know, under a thousand shops, uh, under this, under that. I mean, there are just the the bottom line. Everybody loves the word boutique. Even the larger, bigger players will continue to use the word boutique. Um, And listen, it's another adjective or it could be a you know, something else, but it depends on we're using it as a, as an adjective here. Uh, I think it's, it's, you know, it's nice to be called something that people, I, I think what people want to associate the word boutique is people that care about their brand, that it's not just a machine that's producing, you know, a cigar, even the premium cigars that are made considered premium cigars. In some ways, they're just another version of a machine cigar. And they're 100%. labeled premium cigar. And there's a lot of them out there like that. But, you know, Cigar Aficionado is a marketing machine that wants to. And if you've seen the magazine through its the years, it went from a very thick magazine with tons of ads, majority of ads, um, to now it's a thinner magazine with less ads, but more expensive ads. And um, they still seem to be a major player in the industry. And they're, most people love to pick on them. And I'm not going to say they are wrong in doing so. People have said, you know, there's a lot of people that CA has blacklisted, you know, like uh, people claim Steve Saka's uh, Dunbarton is blacklisted. I don't know. I've never asked Steve if he feels it as, but I'm sure he probably would say yes. And But there are many brands that have been blacklisted and there's many brands that uh, don't well, give me, a shit. Let me ask you, would you give a shit if you found out tomorrow? that you're on some kind of fucking blacklist for cigar aficionado. Would you care? Would that, would that impact your day to day? No, no, yeah, no. no, not now or ever because 
I don't aspire to become the next general. And I don't really, no. you know, I, I'm <laughs> very content. Well, no, listen, I'm they sure a lot of people money. do. They make money. Me? I get it. But Look, I, people are in this business uh, because I'm, they like what they do. Yeah. But ultimately, the majority of people would love to be in that position. Now, there are some that generally don't. Um, if I grew by a hundredfold, the thousandfold and became, you know, the most popular cigar brand, would I say, no, don't do it as long as it happened my way, you know, yeah, what I mean? organically and in, in the right way and not by spending money with these guys who, who, I, I mean, do they have credibility in the industry, Nick? Like, I think that's lit, like the ultimate question that I have it, inside the industry insiders, guys like. Steve Saka, like yourself, Kyle Gellis. Um, do they do they care? Do they ha- does the cigar aficionado hold any clout? People, I think most people, including the advertisers of these magazines, consider them a tool to <laughs> they are make them be where they need to be. Um, do they have any credibility? They are. Listen, they're revered in some ways, respected in others, but maybe, you know, among smaller circles and whispers and uh, things, people talk trash about them. Uh, But to their face, most people will not say shit to them. Um, I I like the people that work at the magazine. I generally do. Um, And again, it's whatever your corporate culture. If you happen to work for IBM and they tell you this is what we need you to produce, you're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, And and, and they follow and they toe the line. Um, I think they've set themselves. Look, the best way for us to stop talking about cigar aficionado is have somebody else replace them with a more, and there've been attempts and there are better versions out there. There are other large magazines that have tried. I think cigar journal is a great magazine as well. That um, is more international for sure. Started as an international really tried to make a presence or more of take some of the share away from, from uh, cigar aficionado. I think again, it's another tool uh, with some great people. I would say very, very, uh, the the amount of people that are involved with Cigar Journal are from a much larger cross section of the industry and represent a much better cross section. Do I think that's a better overall magazine? If I had to pick one magazine of all, well, I'm going to ask you the same question. If you had to pick one published magazine, what would it be in the cigar world? Uh, that's a that's a that that that's a great question because I have. Like, here's the thing. So I took a look at Cigar Journal's top 25 of 2022, and it's a legit top 25 of 2022. There's no, uh, you know, Padron that was manufactured in 2017. There's no box of H. Upman that, you know, went, what's the fucking box code on that? Um, mm. There's none of that. So they were all released in 2022. And so for that, I appreciate their list. It's certainly much more than I appreci- uh, appreciate Cigar Aficionado's list. However... God damn it. Being the fucking cigar snob that I am. And I, I admit that I think being self-aware, very important. And I am a cigar snob. Um, their list was pretty basic. It was a basic bitch list. <laughs> it was a, it, it, it's a basic bitch of cigars and there's nothing wrong with that. Those are the, those are the low uh, IQ consumers that I don't mind. You walk in and they're smoking to my father. Like I just had this conversation with a mutual friend of ours, Randy today it's there's 10 percent on the bottom right of cigars and they're 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 your dog rockets and then there's 80 percent 
And that's your everything else. And then there's the top 10%. And if you're in that 80%, even if you're even if you're at 11, like you're in that right after that bottom 10, you're in that 11%, it's still a good cigar. A cigar is a good cigar. So you're smoking them. I don't have a problem with the people smoking. I've been known to smoke a Rocky Patel Edge. The Rocky Patel 60 is okay. Number two cigar of the year, right? And for both, if I remember correctly, for both Cigar Journal and Cigar Aficionado. That's not a bad cigar. When I smoked it, a little young, it was uh, made the tongue fuzzy, a little bit of ammonia, but it was still, it was all right. As far as magazines, I'm going to tell you, right, and you're going to be like, who, what, why? I said, cigar Press. I know Cigar Press. Uh, they're, I, they're the ones out of uh, Illinois, I think. And it's a great couple that run it. And it's a small magazine and he does a comic strip in it. It's, I, I, I dig it. And it's more, um, it's more, focused on the brands. I, I, I met them a couple of years ago when I sat down with Jeremy Castagli for uh, the podcast uh, at the Clayton in Illinois. And they were there and a very nice couple. Uh, I, I like that magazine because it's not, it, fuck, what's the word? They don't put on airs. They don't, mm. they don't try to be something they're not Nick. And I guess that's kind of my whole problem with this. The majority of cigar smokers in the U S the majority, not, I'm not saying there's not, like the ultra wealthy who smoke cigars. Cause obviously there is, but the majority of cigar smokers aren't the ultra wealthy and they're not, they're not putting on airs. They're going into these, into their lounges in, in, in their blue collar uniform they wore to work and they're coming out after work and they're sitting there and they're enjoying a cigar and they're just getting a taste of that life. Like we literally burn money. That's what we do. That's our hobby. We take money, we roll it up, fucking burn it light it on fire we burn we burn leaves yeah so i i don't i i like that they don't put on air so i think that to answer your question yeah cigar press it's it's i think it's a uh they are who they are they don't make any uh bones about it yes they do reviews but i don't they're not pretentious about it and they're certainly not using words like copy paper where did, you say, where did you say the? I think they're uh, out of Illinois, maybe Indiana. I don't know because I was in Chicago, so I don't know. And I talked no, to them. No. They're, they're, they're a Miami-based company. Cigar Press? I, Are yeah, they? I, I met Thor. Thor's in awesome. Nicarag- in Nicaragua. Shit. Jeez, it's got to be like 2008, He was brand, brand new. And I wanted to buy his magazine because, you know, as you know, I was involved with the retail um, yeah. lounges in the Middle East and, and he never got back to me, you know. <laughs> so as far as business, I wasn't able to get a subscription, uh, but I did like him as a person. I thought he was genuine. Um, again, it's been over 10 plus years since I met him and I do like his magazine. I really do. And and you're right. That's that's a magazine that's very boutique that's published Um. There's another magazine that not my favorite. Uh, I love the people uh, cigar snob. You know, that's another extreme type of magazine, in my opinion. Um, they, they strike me and you can I, I've never picked up a cigar snob because the, ma- the the cover looks like Maxim. Yeah. 
Well, that's right? what they're trying to be. The maximum of cigars. And for I me, mean, I've, I'm past that point in my life. Like when I was in my 20s and early 30s, I'm like, oh, fucking Maxim's the greatest magazine ever. You know, mm. men's magazine, hot chick on the front and, and all the gadgets and, and, you know, new stuff coming out like the, but I'm, I'm past that. I'm, I'm almost 47 now. And I'm just, I, I just want, when I, when I want to dive into cigars, I want to dive into cigars. I don't want to dive into umbrellas or fucking hot chicks, scantily clad. Like that's not what I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, nobody, nobody is attacking cigar snob the way they attack cigar aficionado. No, that's true. It, it, because they're just not a big enough player out there. But in my opinion, everything you've possibly said or will continue to say <laughs> uh, about cigar aficionado, you could say about cigar snob. They're the other extreme in a different way. Is that a cigar magazine? Uh, I don't know. No. I've never picked one up. Well, pick one up. Would you would you would you say Cigar Press is a cigar magazine? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. They have ads and I don't it's well, not that I have I think a problem they're with all, that. Listen, I think they're all cigar magazines. What percentage of cigar <laughs> is in their magazine is all different levels. Yeah, and yeah. whatever whatever sells. Cigar aficionado uses the Cuban allure and the lifestyle allure. And again, it's a lifestyle magazine. And I don't know what they would claim to say about it, but I'm sure that they would not refute the fact that they are a cigar lifestyle magazine. No, they're not. You know, um, they're definitely a lifestyle about different lifestyles that people are smoking cigars. I will yeah. say that, you no, know, cigar is in their title. So there is a percentage that, that you must admit there. Is, it, it, it talks about now you could say people that don't, really follow or read their magazine then they they really can slam on it and you can see the amount of percentage of people that are online that talk about cigars you know on on reddit and all these forums yeah they would quickly tell you that uh, cigar aficionado is not in their vocabulary and i agree but what people don't realize and think of this for a second and i do stand by this the amount of people that are on the internet that smoke cigars what do you think that percentage? What do you think that number is for for one for one point? Uh, the number of people on the internet that smoke cigars. Well, it's probably that are it, well. No, no, no. Let, let me rephrase that. People that are cigar smokers that use the internet at some level oh, for their hobby of cigars. Wow, wow you're talking about people a niche. Uh, a niche. I would say that because the other one is too easy as a question. I would think yeah. that it would be majority, everybody like yeah. everybody is on the Internet at some level. I don't care if you're a grandma right. uh, at ninety nine. You know, there's people that Facebook, get on. the internet. Yeah. You know, sure. Sure. I'm saying people that use the Internet to actively uh, actively indulge their hobby. Their hobby. Yeah, that's a niche. Hobby. That's a niche within a niche. I mean, what do you think that number is? Probably. I, I would hope. It's above 33%, but I would imagine it's under 33%. If I had to do over under, I'd say it's under a third. What 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 number do you think that is? Like oh shit. In in the thousands of people. So what what what's the percentage of cigar smokers in the US? Let's just take the US and and not the whole planet. So it's what 5%? Under 5% of of the American population smoke cigars. For so sure. 5% For of 300 sure. 30 million is what? So 1.5 million. Is that yeah, my, that's I, about I, right. Is that right? That's about right. I would okay. say that's about the number. Yeah, absolutely. So 1.5 million. 
and this is just math in my head. So guys, if I'm wrong, like you can, you can tell me I'm wrong. Uh, send questions, questions at uh, simplystogies.com. And you can be like, uh, where did you learn math? And I will say I didn't. Um, uh, out of 1.5 million, probably 250,000. Hmm. That would be my guess. 250,000. Well, uh, here's the way I gauge it. If you look at the most popular Facebook forums or um, Reddit, anything where or Reddit, what is the percentage of people that are on there? And oh, then you take that low. number. I, I would imagine it's. I would hope that it's commensurate uh, with so the population, the percentage of population who smoke cigars, but it's not. It's going to be lower because even Reddit users don't reflect. It's not. There's not 330 million of those. So I mean, it, it's. You know, well, there's 160 plus thousand people that are in the cigar Reddit subgroup. Yeah. 160, which is. And most of the most of those I know for a fact are in different forums. So, I mean, I, I feel like 250 is a good number now. I feel like 250,000 cigar smokers. I feel like that's a good number that are actively. So, so it's a very small percentage. But then I. How many of how many of that hundred one point two five million that we've got left? How many of them are reading, like actively reading, cigar mm. aficionado? Not just buying, not just subscribing, not just doing what I did, which uh, yeah, another one fucking came, put it in a fucking pile, not even take it out of the plastic bag because I don't give a shit. Mm. Like how many are actively reading and going? I need all these cigars. Like walking into the shop and going, I want this. And this and this, like, can you imagine right now being a B and M or owner, Nick? It, mm. it, it somebody comes in and goes, "I want the H Upman number two, please. That's the number one cigar of the year in a cigar aficionado." Yeah, can you imagine, well. like, fucking no? We can give you the number two. I got a number two over here. I don't got a number one. It's illegal. Oh. oh well, why is it illegal? Why would cigar aficionado have it in their magazine if it's illegal to have it? Because they're you know U.S. based. Why is this the number one? How'd they even get it? What even amazes me, if you talk to any cigar shop (laughs) owner, that people to this day still come in asking, do you sell Cuban cigars? They're going to go heap them in. What? I've been in shops though, Nick, that have Cuban cigars. Yes. We all know that there are many that do that, but again, that is a big no-no. And I don't think in the, in the, in the long term of anybody who wants to have a successful shop you're not going to do that would you shop um, at a shop that you knew was selling were selling regardless if they're fake or they're real doesn't matter if you walked in and they're like hey man you want some cubans i got cubans under the counter would you continue to go to that shop no but it amazes me that even before i was in this industry and it happened to be in southern california the LA market that I was amazed. Now this is a state that is so strict with everything else, Everything. but I just think when it comes to cigars, somebody there is getting paid off at certain <laughs> levels. Like it amazes me. I would say proportionally speaking, the most Cuban cigars that are sold in this country at retail comes out of South, uh, South California, Southern California. I'm amazed where I've, Walked into shops. They don't know me from Adam. And they'll even ask me, do you want Cubans? What? Did you just offer me a Cuban? Isn't that <laughs> illegal? And I'm like, I'm, I'm giving them every reason 
to to say to pull it back and they're right. like oh no no and they don't care no how they can don't you be so brazen how can you possibly be so brazen and not worry that if i was with the federal government you know that's but they don't and it's been years i know as an active cigar smoker and i smoke a lot of cuban cigars myself uh i would never buy one at a shop much less one sold in this country i don't understand uh, uh, how they bring in the income off the books and and the reality is i figured it out my aha moment with that is that these people these cigar shop owners in california and i can only really talk about mainly southern california because that's where i've experienced this the taxes are so high mm-hmm. you know, you're talking yeah. about 70 percent, where people are selling cuban cigars and I don't know what the percentage, I mean, that would be a good expose or, you know, <laughs> right. do an investigative, investigative report, <laughs> uh, report on, on Cuban cigars being sold in this, in this country. But I would, I would imagine the majority of them are sold in Southern uh, California and that these people are doing it because they make money on a lot of money. And now I think you're going to see even more. I think the, 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 the percentage or the probability of it being a legitimate you know, Cuban cigars sold by Habanos is very small, but with a I mean, look and look at the market in the fake Cuban mark. Uh, oh, you know, geez, the, yeah, that is going to blow up when prices now have tripled in the in the uh, Cohiba and Trinidad. But that's kind of another thing. But that's my whole issue with with cigar aficionado is it's so irresponsible of them to put Cubans in their list to begin with, let alone make one number one. Because it's going to cause issues in the United States. And they'll come back and they'll say, we are an international magazine. Oh, really, fucko? Where, where, where are the majority of your subscriptions coming from? My guess yeah, is the I, I would say, I don't know this to be true, but I think Cigar Journal sells more magazines outside of the U.S. than Cigar Aficionado yeah. does. I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that that is a true statement um, because Cigar Journal is everywhere outside of the U.S. It, I, it was hardly here, you know, up until yeah. a few years back. But so they've made a big push and they've been successful in, in uh, selling more in the United States. But Cigar Aficionado has been, for, you know, for just, sale for many, many. Somebody fucking needs to buy so. it. I don't know. You want to buy know. it, Nick? Let's buy it. You and me. I got I got 20 bucks. Let's CA? go. CA? Yeah, let's go. I think they'll take it. Just whatever you got in your pocket. It'll be $20 and some fucking like, what, what do you got? A hundred well, bucks? What'll, what'll be interesting is when the torch is passed. I mean, I know <sighs> uh, Marvin has uh, some, um, some, some uh, children that work at the magazine right now that are involved. Uh, I know his daughter was, you know, been there for a while. I don't know. I don't know what happens to the magazine. I feel like it's irresponsible of them to do what they've done this year in particular and put a Cuban at number one. I feel it's irresponsible. I feel it's a slap in the face to the industry. And again, if you're leaving out a large majority, like all, like almost 100% of the boutique brands that are out there, that in my humble opinion, and we've all agree that my opinion is like an asshole, in my humble opinion, are better than the majority of cigars out there coming from your generals and your altitises. Uh, it, it, look, and not just because Nick's on this program, but the LH cigars are fantastic and they should be in that conversation. Castagli cigars. You all know I'm a Castagli fanboy. They should be in that conversation. Um, Casa 1910, um, Fuerte Libre, 
Martinez. There are a a ton. Lampert, fucking Joji Bobi. There are a ton of cigar companies out there that do it objectively better than Habanos SA. I know Nick's going to disagree with me, and that's fine. Because, but I, I've always said, I've always said that a Cuban cigar that's constructed well is there's there's nothing like it. But unfortunately, we can't get those here in the United States legally. Period. End of discussion. So why are they even in a conversation for a top twenty five in a magazine that is based in the United States? It is irresponsible. It is. <sighs> hypocritical. I think think they put them in there for the same reason that cigar snob has a bikini clad girl on the cover with a, with a, with a cigar in her hand. They're both draws. People want to read. And and you know what? We're talking about it. Yeah, we are. are. People are talking about it. Guess what? That sells. You know, I've heard people in the, in the marketing industry or the advertising saying all news, bad or good is, is great marketing yeah uh so we're talking about it a lot of people in the industry are talking about it i've seen it all over people are outraged like you are i not so much i accept it for what it is um again it's something that is out there and it pisses off a lot of people i understand i understand your your uh outrage and many people's outrage and and i just you know look the world is what it is and there will always be cigar aficionados for every industry, everything that's out there. And, you know, what is our, you, you, what you can do is not buy it, yeah, not read it, not take it, not take it for the, what it is. The problem but, but is, there, is we guys like you and me, we don't have to read it. We may not buy it. We may not, we may not read it cover to cover. But as soon as this list comes out every fucking year, did you see what the top 25 is with cigar fishing out? Oh, holy shit. Did you see it? It's like, I don't want to look at it because it's just going to piss me off. But I'm forced to look at it because I get so many. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And the people that are the recipients of those top 10 awards or 25, what happens to their business? Oh, it blows up. Oh, absolutely. So who's reading it? You know, <laughs> who's buying those cigars? <laughs> You know, they they can't keep them in stock. I mean, I remember when Alec Bradley had the number one cigar, man, they they couldn't put them out fast enough. And I think they did a bit of damage to their brand when they did that, just throwing stuff out there just to capitalize on the dollars. Um, And a lot of brands have done that, you know, and there's people that, you know, are longtime advertisers that get finally given that, okay, here you go. They have something that they feel is decent enough where they're not going to get screamed about. And they'll give them the top whatever just so they can continue. You know, they're they're doing for their yes, their customer is their advertiser. Yeah. Yeah. Not the subscriber. That there is clear. That's where the majority of their income comes from. And even though the ultimate consumer is or should be considered their customer, that's not how they yeah. work. And many companies. Look, guys, say. it's up to you. Go go check out Cigar Aficionado or in or don't. I would prefer you don't. But if, if you are so inclined, go check it out um, and let us know what your opinion is. Uh, you can send your questions, uh, comments to questions at simplystogies.com. Uh, you can address them to either myself or Nick or whoever. We'll answer. We'll, we'll even maybe we'll read some on the air and we'll. Listen, we'll I, I think at the very least, 
I hope this podcast, today's episode, makes you think. You know, uh, we've been playing kind of devil's advocate. We've been, I've been trying to show both. We've been showing both sides yes, of the of sides. the coin, um, and you can make ultimately your decision. And that's what cigars are about: is have your own opinion because a cigar is about a very personal thing between the person smoking it and the manufacturer that makes it. So. Have your own opinion. Yeah. Don't be afraid to share it, and no, and no one's wrong. I don't think there's any wrong opinion in, in when it comes to cigars. No, that's or funny. or cigar aficionado. You may look at that top twenty five and go, "Man, that's a great fucking list." And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Agreed, there. You know, and there's most people that are somewhere in between there. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm just on the extreme, probably because as I get older, I just like to have things to scream at the sky about, shake my fist at the clouds. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, look, that's why we don't take advertisers. Like I said, if you are so inclined, if you like to listen to my entertaining, I hope they're entertaining. Maybe they're just shitty. My shitty rants, uh, go to simply click the register button, help support a small podcast so that we don't have to take advertising dollars from these guys and then turn into a shill like fucking, uh, cigar aficionado. Cause I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'd rather just shill my own shit. <laughs> that's oh, what I'd rather do. Right. At least, you're on, at least you're honest about it. Yeah. Like, go try the coffee. Is it 10? No, but it's an unbiased 10. Go fucking try it. It's great. I love the fucking coffee. Go try it. Uh, Nick, thank you so much. Because I know it's a weird position for you to be in because you are in the industry. And I hope I didn't uh, put you in too much of a, uh, you know, corner. If I, if I cared as much for that, then I, you know, I wouldn't be a, on the media side as well as the manufacturer. Yeah. But I've, I've tried to do the tight you know, the tightrope walk I think uh, because, I, because I believe this industry in general needs good media out there. Not that there isn't already, but I, I think I can contribute, you know, uh, because I love this industry and I love the product and uh, I love talking about it. And that's why I love making cigars. So this gets it out to more people and I'm all happy. And I'm glad that uh, you've given me another sounding board and opportunity to be out there and voice my own opinion as well. Thank oh, absolutely. You, and if there's ever anything like a topic, Nick, that you want to just rant about, like, let's do it. Like I'm, I can play devil's <laughs> advocate for whatever, but I, usually it's just going to be me shaking my fist at this guy. Like I, oh, <laughs> that's usually what I do. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Nick Sears. That's Nick. I'm James. Join us next time where this is literally probably the last time I'm ever going to say this. Well, I'm not quite sure what we're going to be talking about, but I can promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Visit simplystogies.com for the latest articles and reviews. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for the latest in video content. And please rate and review Simply Stogies on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies. If you have a question or suggestion for James or would like to be on the show, please send an email to info at simplystogies.com.